live from the capital of the Commonwealth. This is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> Travel down the road and Zero back shame. again. Are we going to get in trouble? Like, we got to pay royalties for all these theme songs? Oh, turn that, yeah, turn that down, AJ. We don't have the money. Turn that down. We, we don't have the royalties to pay for that. For that. Good call there, Bob. Good call. Those are great theme songs, but I don't know if we can do that. It's too much fun. Keep playing them. I have a good authority that they're all on strike right now. They all oh, that's, right. that's right. So they can't get the money. If, oh, that's true. Yep. That's true. None of us getting paid right now. We don't have any writers here. No. We make up our own stuff here. That's for sure. But I think people were enjoying what we were talking about. So yeah. it was kind of fun. I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. AJ. Well, you got the, and when you got the theme songs to back it up, I mean, that's just, that's that, that's yeah, the icing that on was, the cake That there. was really good. I <laughs> never do a double up on a joke. And I sat there and was torn on if I was going to do it. And I'm like, no, it's the Golden Girls. I'm going for it. Yeah. Zero Class. shame. Thanks, Sean. So that should be like a poll question. Give me your top three favorite Golden Comic. Girls would be in the top three. For, you don't strike me as that. For, for, uh, as far oh, wow. as theme songs? As far no, as theme, just, uh, oh, the theme, theme songs. songs? Like your favorite theme song for a comedy show. Or top comedy three. show, period. Yeah. Dude, The Golden Girl, that's perfect that is comedy. A, it that is. is. That I'm is not denying show. that, but that would, I'm not sure I'd put it in my top three. You would put it in your top three? I would have, um, well, we already talked about Cheers, for sure. And yeah. we thought the more modern one is Big Bang Theory. That's that's a classic. Yeah. I, I so love I got, the Big Bang I Theory. I got that one. I hate both of you. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like either one of those. You don't like either. Wait, I don't like Big Bang Theory. What's the other one? Really? Cheers. Oh, Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. You don't like the Big Bang. Wow. And then I'd be torn between Seinfeld and Mash. I was a huge Mash. Fan. I was never a Mash. Yeah. Fan. See, I was. I was. So those I never are... got the whole thing with 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 Mash. Really? I never did. Right. Never did. Ah, right, fair enough. Acquired right. acquired taste. Yeah. Not to continue this, but, <laughs> okay, but sorry. You've, you've hit a you you've picked a scab a wound here. Big Bang Theory is about geniuses, right? Here's the thing. It's the dumbest, dumbest dialogue I have ever seen. It's insulting to intelligent people. Anyone Why is it who, insulting? Anyone who reads, studies, I any don't type do of any science, of that. it, is, it oh. is bad. And they give them stupid money to do it. I, ugh, I'm, wow. I'm done. I'm, I don't know. Think about it. You know, they're, they're, in, they're intelligent guys. Little, little, not a little quirky. They're quirky. Oh, they're quirky. And That's then what they makes get, it so good. And then they get the girls. Right. It's Especially the, the prettiest one in the building. It's the intelligent dialogue that's not intelligent. Uh, it's like, are you smarter than a fifth grader level like understanding so of science? Yeah. It's, uh, it's I know what I've signed numbing. up for, AJ, when I turn it on. I know what I'm getting. <laughs> and I never liked that game show either. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? I was never yeah, a fan no, of that either. Fan no, either. Yeah. Didn't like that. Wow. All right. We got to get away yes. from this. We could do this all day yeah. and longer. So... <laughs> Back to reality. Yeah, somebody will call, I bet you, and will say, here's my top three comedies of yep. all time. But, uh, I already went four deep because I couldn't <laughs> couldn't differentiate there. That's You tell how I grew up. I didn't read, study. Are you kidding? No, I just watched television. All right, I'll go real time here and get, get you back to sports. Uh, okay. Let me uh, baseball scores from today because there were several day games. And I'm going to say this one, Sean. I think today, and somewhere Matt Joseph is going to be like shivering. I know he's not listening. 
But we talk. <laughs> I know he talks all the time about how important can a baseball game be on June the eighth? You know, you play 162. Blah blah. No mm-hmm. game. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Orioles today came back from three nothing down at Milwaukee and beat the Brewers six to three. And I'm telling you, if the Orioles go on and get to the wild card, because I don't think they can catch Tampa Bay, but today's game would be a significant like I haven't seen anything post game yet but mm-hmm. I think when when you hear the post game comments from Brandon Hyde their manager and from their players they're going to consider this a huge win today they lost the first two mm-hmm. in the series they dropped six out of their past 10 they got off that great start but they've come back down to earth it looked like they're about to get swept today mm-hmm. and they came back and won six to three mark this one down as a key key Oriole win today I would probably say that. I mean, it's a division leader on the road, like you said, a chance to go maybe go back home and, and, and get the broom on them. That that could be that could be something to look back on, even though it's early June and say, hey, you know what? That could be a turning point they in that get, game and and trail three nothing on the road and then and find a way to score six unanswered to win that game. That could be for a young team that's trying to 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 learn how to win, even though they are professionals. Collectively, you're still trying to get in that process of learning how to win these type of games to position yourselves to make the playoffs. That could be one you can circle. They gave up three in the first. So they were down at three nothing and shut them out the rest of the way. It was three nothing into the seventh. And to your point, they scored six unanswered, one in the seventh, three in the eighth, and two in the ninth. So it even Mm -hmm. gave their bullpen a little breathing room when they went to the ninth. They were up four three and they got two more and won at six three. I just think. You know, I didn't see any of it. Obviously, we were, were in here. I guess I could have put it on the TV, as a matter of fact. I don't know. I don't know if in this studio we get Masson or not. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to check on that because I know we've had some complaints about, can mm. we get a better uh, mm. sports lineup on our TV monitor in here? I know we get ESPN and ESPN, too. We better since we're an ESPN you station. Think, right? You would think. I'll, I'm going to see if we get Masson. Not that, that cuts I'm, in the Mike's salary, I think. Prop, why? <laughs> for the, the subscription that we pay to get ESPN? <laughs> yep. It's keep me for another hour or you get a good sports package. <laughs> anyway, so mark that one down to me. Uh, Orioles over the Brewers today, 6-3. to three. Uh, They didn't gain any ground on the Rays because Tampa Bay won again 4-2 uh, to two over the Twins. They are 29-6 and six at home. Wow. They're scary good. We they t- are. We, and I know during the break we were talking about the Braves, how you know you lose Freeman, they still win. You lose Dansby Swanson, you still win. Uh the Rays, I mean, these are guys, these are not household named players. The manager, not a household name, uh, except for those who are hardcore baseball fans. They would know who the Rays manager is. And just they just keep winning. A bad and bad have, stadium. I was just going to say, bad market. worst stadium, yeah. in, one of the worst stadiums <laughs> in the league. Take Oakland out of the, out yes, of the equation. Yes. But Tampa, and, and you know, and I know it was a midweek afternoon game. 12,500 today to Tampa. I've been there. It's in a terrible neighborhood. Uh, the stadium's terrible. A whole thing. I get it, but their team is great. They'd be they'd be worth putting up with all mm-hmm. that to go. I mean, and they're a, 46 and 19. In a small market, and yet they just they keep winning. They yep. find a way to get between 90 and 100 wins to be either in the race for the division title or a wild card, and they, just, they, and they find a way to win. I mean, kudos to that front office, along with the Braves, for just – Putting in the pieces, building up your farm system, developing the guys to when they get to the majors, this is what you can do. So you're saying Tampa Bay Atlanta World Series, huh? Please don't say that. I don't want that. I would tell you what, it would not shock me if that happened. I mean, 
the these two teams, I mean, anything can happen in those short series in, in the postseason, but what the Rays and Braves are doing right now, I mean, you got to tip your hat to what they have done, especially with what they have lost and then supplemented in place of those losses to get to where they are. Absolutely. Hate to say it, grit my teeth. <laughs> Especially grin, for you, right? Grin and bear it. <laughs> yep. Uh, the Reds came back down to earth today. Uh, Kershaw and the Dodgers shut him out. Six nothing. Uh, Dela Cruz got a little bit of a big league lesson today. He went one for four, but he struck out three times. Ooh. So I'm sure Kershaw got him a couple times. Kershaw's already got eight wins. He's eight and four. Wow. Seven uh, shutout innings with nine strikeouts. So I guess he's feeling okay. Do you think he's a Hall of Famer? Wow. Can I look at his numbers? Maybe during okay. the break, I'll, yeah. I'll take a look at his numbers. Because um, he's got what one World Series ring? Yeah, I, not I gotta MVP. think about that. I don't. See, and he's always about, struggled in the postseason, right? Mm-hmm. That's been kind of the. It's kind of like the Greg Maddox, right? Yeah, it's kind of the criticism of him. Is he's that a his, great, great regular season pitcher, yeah. but when he gets to the postseason, he struggled like Maddox. Yeah. All right, so Dodgers win 6 nothing. Significant game today is the White Sox and Yankees. They are playing mm-hmm. in New York. White Sox lead the first of a doubleheader 4-2. to That game's in the bottom of the fourth. Rockies lead the Giants 4-3. That game is at the seventh inning stretch. And the Diamondbacks and Nationals, as we mentioned, were postponed because of the air quality issues up in D.C. The Braves are home against the Mets tonight. Verlander against Strider. That should be a great one. 7-20, 7-05 airtime here on 106.1. ESPN. Back to the present. Here's what we got for you the rest of the afternoon on the Sports Huddle. These are this afternoon's top sports stories. I'm sure he'll be fascinated by all the uh, stories you have to tell. This is today's Drive Home Headlines. Drive Home Headlines brought to you by James River Air. If you're not confident in your heating and cooling provider, switch to James River Air. Save up to 30%. More info available for you online at jamesriverair.com. Com. We're going to talk some more baseball in the next segment, but it's going to be college baseball. The Super Regionals scheduled to begin tomorrow. One of them in Charlottesville between Virginia and Duke. An ACC rivalry, the voice of Duke baseball. Chris Edwards is going to join us. We'll get the perspective from the opposition coming to Charlottesville. A Duke team, as Sean and I were talking about in the first hour, that won two out of three at UVA earlier this season. A berth in the College World Series is at stake so chris is going to join us uh duke was on the practice field uh, just just moments ago they finished up so we'll get an idea of what it was like out there if the if the air quality was an issue uh, for the teams out there today and if they're ready to go for a noon game tomorrow that will be on espn2 wake forest still the number one seed in the country they're alive they're playing at home in winston-salem against alabama uh, they start on saturday at high noon. All right, let's get the break in. And Chris Edwards, voice of Duke baseball, will join us after a timeout. 1061 ESPN. Doesn't start till September? Think again. We're prepping for the 2023 season right now. I'm talking OTAs, voluntary mini camps, mandatory mini camps, all the mini camps. The NFL is always in season here on 1061 ESPN Richmond. Five seventeen on a Thursday afternoon, a feel-good Thursday afternoon with Sean Robertson from CBS 6. I'm Bob Black. Thank you for locking in. Sports Huddle 1061 
ESPN. Super regional time in college baseball, one of the best times of the year, leading to Omaha and the College World Series. Of course, we've got a super regional in our area that is scheduled to begin tomorrow at high noon, and it's an all-ACC battle as the Duke Blue Devils come to Charlottesville to play the Virginia Cavaliers with a berth in the College World Series at stake. Let's get the perspective of the opponent in this case. That would be the Duke Blue Devils. Chris Edwards, their baseball play-by-play voice, joins us this afternoon. I know Duke has just finished up its practice in Charlottesville, so we'll get kind of an eyewitness account of what it's like there today. Chris, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. How are you? It's been great, Bob. Thanks for having me on. Good to be with you guys. Absolutely. So we'll start right there, and I hate to do that with kind of getting a weather report, but it has been <laughs> such a prominent topic of conversation. What was it like out there today, Chris? Yeah, a little hazy out there today. You could certainly sense some smoke out there. I mean, I felt it when I walked out of the hotel this morning. I don't think it's going to impact the game time tomorrow. It didn't seem like it was a big concern. Uh, Coach Pollard addressed it in his post-game press conference with some of the local media that was there today, and this is something that this program talks about a lot. They call it fog of war. They train for these types of things where maybe game times get pushed around or you have a weather delay or there's inclement weather, something like that. This is just a hallmark of the program, something they train for. I don't think it's going to impact either one of these teams too much, but we'll wait and see. All right, let's get let's get to the baseball. And this is a this is a fascinating story and I know you've lived with it, but look, this was a Duke team that wasn't very good last year, right? 10 games under yeah. 500 a season ago. Not expected much this year. I think they were picked 6th preseason uh in in their division and here they are in the Super Regional. How did this happen? Uh good question. They're picked next to last overall in the ACC. You're right. They won 22 games a year ago and really it was an awful year, kind of in, in all regards, you know, and Coach will admit that he thought that the team didn't really live up to the culture that he had created. I mean, this is a team that was in a Super Regional in 2018, 2019, went away from Omaha both times, and he really set out this offseason to change the culture, get back to some of the things, the foundational things that made this program so successful, and a couple of uh, assistant coaches from the program took jobs at other schools. Josh Jordan, who was a longtime recruiting coordinator, is now the recruiting coordinator at LSU, Chris Gordon, who was the pitching coach, is now at Texas, on staff there. And I think a lot of the success goes to the new coaching staff and the energy that they bring. It's a young coaching staff. Ty Blankmeyer, who's now the recruiting coordinator, Eric Tyler, who coaches first base and is the hitting coach. Those guys have brought in just an influx of energy, along with Brady Kirkpatrick, the pitching coach. They don't take themselves too seriously. They'll joke around. Now, obviously, when it's time to get down to business, it's all business, right? But I think those guys have really transformed the culture of this Duke baseball team. And then you've got leaders like Alex Mooney, who's going to be a high draft pick, I think, whether it's this year or next year. It's always a nice thing when one of your leaders is also your best players, and that's Alex Mooney. He's the heart and soul of this team. He'll bat leadoff for the Blue Devils. He's played in every game for Duke this year. It's just a fun group to be around, and I think that's why they've had so much success is because they love being around one another. The mantra that they've lived by the last couple of weeks is, hey, let's spend one more week together. Let's go out and win so we get another week together. And this team, and I've been around this program for 11 years, this team is the closest team in terms of wanting to be together and going out and hanging out outside of the ballpark that I can ever remember in my 11 years with Duke baseball. Hey, Chris, the last month for Duke has been, I guess, up and down since they took two or three from UVA. You had a great April but then after that uh, series at UVA, you went four and eight, and then you turned it around 
in the uh, the Conway Regional. What changed from that point? Yeah, Sean, that's a good question. I, I think that part of it was, I mean, look, this is a, a program and a team this year that's really had to rely heavily on its bullpen. It's an unconventional model that Duke has had from a pitching standpoint this year. Some people have called them the uh, the Tampa Bay Blue Devils because they utilize the opener. I saw a stat on Twitter earlier this week. I think Duke's average length of a start by their starting pitcher has been three innings this year. They only have had one pitcher pitch into the sixth inning, and some of that is by design. A lot of that's because of some of the injuries they've had to sustain and overcome this year. So I think the bullpen was just taxed once we got kind of toward May. And I think that some of the pressure got to this team, too. I mean, you go back and look after that April, they went 15-3. and three. People are talking about Duke being a top-eight national seed and a chance to host a regional and a super regional on campus. And for a program that's never done that, I, I think some of the pressure might have got to them there, too. Uh, but they were able to come back after the ACC tournament, and they had a whole week off. There, there was no baseball from the Friday after they lost to Miami to the last Friday when we opened up in Conway. And I think that week off really benefited this team. It was like a, a reset in the middle of the season, like having a bye week in mm-hmm. football, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that has really helped this team. Arms are fresh, guys are fresh, and they're going out and playing loose and playing with uh, with no cares in the world because, you know what, like you said, nobody really expected this team to be here, right? They were picked next to last in the ACC, and now they're two wins away from going to Omaha for the first time since 1961. And I guess now you flip it, all the pressures, you know, on the team that has a number seven national seed. They're at home. They're expected to get to the College World Series. But yet you are one of the few teams that have gone to uh, Davenport Field and has taken a series from UVA. Can you take anything from that series in April? I think both teams. Go ahead. Yes. Sorry, Sean. I I think both teams can take away something from that series. I mean, it's a little disappointing, right, because now the ACC is going to have one less team Mm -hmm. with a chance to go to Omaha. It's a little disappointing when the SEC could have a few more. I think there are some SEC on SEC matchups this weekend. But – I think both teams can take something from it. I don't know that it favors one side or the other because everybody's familiar with one another. You see, you've already seen each other, what, a month and a half ago? Mm-hmm. So there are no secrets. I think it's just going to come down to which team makes the big pitch, which team gets the big hit, and which team commits the fewest amounts of mistakes over the next two, maybe three days. How about the atmosphere, Chris? I know you played in front of big crowds down there at Conway uh, in the Coastal Carolina games, and all two or three games, whatever it may be, are already sold out in Charlottesville. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I mean, that's the best part about coming to, to Davenport Field at Dish Room Park. You know you're always going to get a crowd that's into it, a big crowd. They're energetic. They pull for their team. That's going to be so much fun. And I, I think our guys thrive in those kind of atmospheres. They really embrace this theme of being what they call road dogs, where, where they go out on the road and they're just – they love to be together, love to be in these big environments. I mean, they, they had over 5,000 people in Conway – on Monday night, the biggest crowd in that ballpark's history. And it seems like an atmosphere that Duke really thrives in, and hopefully they can keep that going for another couple of days uh, this weekend. Hey, tell us the uh, tell us the story of MJ Metz, who was the uh, most outstanding player in the ACC tournament and is playing hurt, right, playing with a torn ACL, and just, just the path he took wow. to where he is with this Duke team right now. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Division three transfer from uh, Trinity University, and if you talk to Coach Pollard, and he said this a couple of times during this run, MJ's probably a guy that when they got through with the fall was like, yeah, he's probably not in our lineup. You know, he's a guy that uh, didn't really see it all that well in the fall. And that's a big jump to make, right? Going from Division Three, seeing that kind of pitching to seeing pitching in the ACC on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, you're facing a first-rounder, it feels like, every weekend in this league. And then MJ kind of got hot, 
was really great defensively for this team and really started to turn things around. Had a big two-run home run against NC State uh, in the ACC tournament in the bottom of the ninth inning to tie the game. Tore his ACL on the celebration because that's such a baseball thing, right? Uh, tore his ACL uh, and then was like, you know what? I, I think I'm going to give it a go. And Coach Pollard left it up to MJ. You had the, Duke had to turn in their 27-man travel roster at some point last weekend before the Friday game. And Duke waited as long as they possibly could. Coach met with MJ and said, hey, you're a fifth-year guy. You've earned this opportunity. If you want to go out there and give it a go, great, but we're not going to pressure you. It's your decision. And MJ said, yeah, I think I want to try it. And all he did was come out on Friday and hit three home runs. I was the first Duke player to hit three home runs in a postseason game since 2021. Uh, And then he hit another one, uh, hit the first run for Duke in the championship game on Monday night, another home run. Like, it's just an incredible story. I mean, you couldn't write a Hollywood script uh, any better than this. I said it on the broadcast the other night. It feels like Kurt Gibson 2.0. Uh, I don't know how many people remember Kurt Gibson. Maybe I'm showing my age a little bit now. <laughs> well, us, we, I was going to say we both do. Yeah, we, you're, you're okay talking to us on that, right? Okay, there. good. <laughs> Chris, let me. I got two uh, two more questions before, before I guess before we let you go. Number one, has he? What has he said about playing? You know, with this injury, and what was he saying after he had that monster game on Friday, playing with a torn ACL? Yeah, you know, he's kind of been like the viral sensation lately, right? So I've been able to watch all these interviews that he's had. It's really great prep when he, everybody else does the prep for you, asking him all these questions. Uh, he said that it doesn't really bother him from a pain standpoint. Like after the initial injury, it's not really the pain. It's kind of the mobility issue, right? Like I don't think you're going to see him lob a ball to the right center field gap and try to leg out a double. You know, I just don't, I don't see that happening. Uh, I think it's more the mobility issue. You're not going to see him go first to third. But, I mean, hey, you hit the ball – far like he's done you don't have to run you can just <laughs> trot around the bases and, and go back to the dugout so if he can keep that going on uh, that, that's fine with all of us in the, in the dookie dugout how about that here's my here's the questions this is kind of out of the box i saw the start times friday and saturday both will be at noon sunday to be determined obviously depending on game three does the start time really make a difference because i'm assuming for you and for uva there have not been a lot of games in which you guys have played a noon first pitch no, I mean there's been a couple. There's a couple during the course of the regular season that we've played on a Sunday. Maybe like a team's got a, a commercial flight, and you move up the start time mm-hmm. an hour to noon so that you can accommodate them and get the whole ball game in. It's not something you do like on a normal basis. Right. But I, I think once you throw a first pitch, it's not really going to matter. Uh, I think you know it, it'll be easier on a Saturday. Maybe you're more accustomed to playing like a Saturday Sunday noon first pitch. I don't know how many people are used to a Friday afternoon twelve o'clock mm-hmm. first pitch, but. I think these guys on both sides will just show up and be ready to play. Like at this point, like you could say, let's go play at ten o'clock tonight, and both teams will go out there and do it because <laughs> all you got to do is win two games and get to Omaha, right? I yep. think you look. I told someone yesterday that someone was complaining about a noon start. I said, hey, listen, how many teams in the country right now would be would love to play a noon start mm-hmm. on a Friday? Yep. A lot, you know. So well, we're not going to complain. I, I'll play right now if they want me to. Like, let's just go out and play the games. I'm ready to go. Hey, for TV purposes, I love it. It right. gets it on right before 6 o'clock. We can have you those highlights, highlights on. Absolutely. Yeah. Noon when I sell, like, that's perfect. Yeah. Like, just from a player's it's perspective, from a player's perspective, you know, it kind of changes the routine, I would think, just just a little bit. Yeah, but it goes back to that fog of war thing we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. right? Like, like, this team was just ready to go play whenever. It's a chance to go spend another day together, and that's what they care about, is just spending more time together 
hopefully playing well and and go out there and give your best and we'll see where the chips fall at the end of the day. And I got to believe there's about 5,500 other people who aren't oh, yeah. going to be bothered by a oh, noon yeah. start. <laughs> they're they're going to be there uh, tomorrow. Yeah, finish, it, finish, so. yeah, finish it up with Chris Edwards, play-by-play voice of, of Duke baseball. So what do you think? To, to beat Virginia this weekend, uh, Coach O'Connor has said, you know, this might be his best offensive team that he's got. And with a guy like Kyle Teal uh, certainly leading the way, uh, they certainly will be able to flex their muscles. What will it take for Duke? Yeah, I mean, I told someone the other day, now Wake Forest is obviously really good, mm-hmm. but I think yep. this is one of the toughest lineups, if not the toughest lineup, to pitch to in the entire ACC because there, there's no breaks one through nine in this lineup. You've got like Teal and O'Farrell and Anderson and O'Donnell and Geloff, and it just goes on and on and on, right? I mean, you got everybody feels like they're hitting 350 with like 14 home runs, you know? Um, I, I think the biggest thing for Duke is just not to make any mistakes. I mean, not to give Virginia free outs. That, that's the biggest thing for me offensively is, or from a pitching standpoint, is you can't give this team extra opportunities. Don't walk a lot of guys. Don't make a ton of errors. If they can play a pretty clean game in that regard, I think they'll give themselves a chance. And obviously getting out to a good start is important too because you don't want to have to face the back end of that bullpen that's been really good this year too uh, because that seems really short in the game. If you can find a way to, to get to the starters and get to some of those middle relief guys, I think that probably helps the Blue Devils. But both teams at this point, like everybody's good. I mean, this is a winner's tournament, and you wouldn't be one of the best 16 teams in the country if you weren't a good team. So you got to, it's probably the same for everybody. Limit mistakes and see which team gets the big hit, the big timely hit over the course of the weekend. Can hear it in your voice, Chris, but you say you've been doing this for more than a decade now. I mean, how much fun is this? You've been fortunate enough to do some of these super regionals, but, you know, to be somewhere nice and the weather's good, hopefully the weather's good, and you're there for at least a couple days because it's not one and done. Um, I I try to translate this to to people all the time, just what a great experience the college baseball tournament uh, is during the course of the year. It absolutely is, Bob. I mean, and, and you don't know how many of these chances you're going to get, right? I mean, I've been fortunate. This is my third Super Regional. We've come up short a couple of times. Uh, the last time we got to one of these was 2019, and some guy named Kumar threw a no-hitter against us. Mm-hmm. I still have a little bit of, uh, of PTSD uh, from that night in Nashville. <laughs> but, man, th- these are so much fun, and it's just so much fun to be part of it. And I feel really fortunate and just really thankful to be able to be the one that describes it for the people back in Durham. I mean, that's not something that's lost on me, like, how cool is this for, for, for a kid that grew up loving baseball and got to watch the Braves on TBS every night? And because of Pete and Skip and Don and Joe, like those, that's the reason like I wanted to be a broadcaster. And It's just cool to be able to live out a childhood dream, getting to go to the ballpark and hopefully just grab a couple games that uh, send this team to Omaha for the first time since 1961. That'd be awesome. Uh, that Braves analogy reminds me of another kid I know, by the way. But anyway, that's, <laughs> yeah, that, that's I know a, that kid. And, and, he's a, he's and, an okay and you know, golfer. we need to work on a short game a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't get that from his dad, I can tell you that. So, so you're on your own to help him on that one. But I said at the beginning of our conversation, Chris, let's get the perspective of the opponent. You know, there's a part of me that Duke is not the opponent in this situation. So let's, that's exactly right. right yeah. Right. I, I, I know the uh, the reason why. Yeah. He's a pretty good seller. Right, right. Oh, I appreciate that. Uh, Chris, thank you so much. Have a great weekend there in Charlottesville, and we'll be keeping an eye and an ear on things with the Duke Blue Devils. All right, guys. Thanks for having Thanks, me on. Chris. Talk to you soon. Thanks, right. Chris. Chris Edwards, uh, Duke play-by-play. It is so much fun. Uh, like he said, he's fortunate. This is third Super Regional. I got a chance to do one. Um, when Richmond played at Nebraska, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 20 years ago now, wow. yeah, uh, was was tremendous. Was one of my people say, you know, all the years I've been doing all of this, you know, what are your what are your highlights? 
And it, it really is kind of hard for me to differentiate between that super regional winning a national championship in football, the two Sweet 16s in basketball. But the baseball is right really? up there. Yes. Wow. Uh, it was tremendous. Take it to a game three. Mm-hmm. They were tied in the eighth inning. I mean, there's oh, Richmond wow. six outs away from going to Omaha. You know, bullpen, you know, ran out of arms eventually mm-hmm. and lost that one. But it was a great experience. I've always said, like, experience. baseball is one of those sports that it's it's built to do, it's built for radio. Because Absolutely. It get, you do have that downtime. Charles you, Barkley be yes, damned on that yes. one, by the way. Because you have that downtime, you can kind of weave some storylines in along with, you know, doing the play-by-play. And you can kind of, you know, it don't have to be like instant. You know, you kind of like if it's, you know, if, if the guy in the outfield catches it, you can still kind of explain the play to the fan even after the play mm-hmm. has, uh, you know, has taken place. So it's... I, I, the time I got to be with the Braves, the Richmond Braves, for yeah. a couple seasons, yeah. and then when I was at Virginia State, you kind of, you know, you it's one of those groups where you can kind of build a family type environment. You get to see them every day. You kind of shoot the breeze a little bit, things of that nature. So I, I kind of get where you know that fraternity and sorority, because there's some women play by play announcers Absolutely. now in baseball, where you can kind of say, hey, you know, I could kind of see why. Uh, play-by-play analysis may say baseball is that sport that you it's it is built for radio and the college baseball tournament by the way that it's structured is even better because there's not the pressure of you're only going to be there for one game well you get the ncaa basketball tournament there's pre- i mean you're you, oh yes uh, there was a you know richmond in 1990 played duke on thursday at noon in the first round and it was like 20 to 4 by the first media timeout and we were we were gone before most of the teams even showed up exactly you know it's still a great experience but you know you're caught where as in the baseball tournament you know you're there for at least two days mm-hmm. you're normally in nice weather places mm-hmm. probably an upgrade in the ballparks than what you've been used to during mm-hmm. the year mm-hmm. and the, it's just really Really a lot of fun. So I hope Chris has a good time with it. And they lay it out. I mean, it's, it's some, some nice spreads. You get to enjoy yourself a <laughs> There you bit. go. Back to the, There you go, AJ. Back to our food segment. <laughs> I mean, they are. I know. They, 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 lay, out really the red, fit in. they really... lay out the red carpet for you for these Super Regionals. So I mean, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Chris Edwards, voice of the uh, Duke Blue Devils. Uh, they play in Charlottesville starting at noon tomorrow with Game 1 of the Super Regional against the Virginia Cavaliers. Break time on the Sports Out on 1061 ESPN. Nuggets respond, winning game three in Miami. Now the Heat face a critical game four. Will they bounce back or will the Nuggets take the commanding 3-1 lead back to Denver? Coverage begins tomorrow at 7.30 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ABC, presented by Indeed. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Want to hear- all right, after all the fun topics and conversation that we have had, enlightening conversation we have had today. It's time in the last 20 minutes to turn to Sean's favorite topic of the day, <laughs> the Washington Commanders. Oh, my goodness. Mini camp in Ashburn. Hopefully the ongoing saga, you know, it, it has a silver lining, you know, soon with the, you know, change of power, mm-hmm. the transition mm-hmm. of ownership. Uh, to was it Josh Davis? Was it Josh, Josh Harris. Harris? I'm sorry, yep. Harris. Josh Harris Group. Hopefully that will be finalized very, very soon. But yeah, mini camp is wrapped up. Today was the last day of a, a mandatory mini camp. So all of the guys that did not show up for OTAs obviously were there. Mm-hmm. Chase Young and Montez Sweat, Charles uh, Leno. And I got a chance to see some of the interviews on YouTube. They only talked to Chase Young for less than four minutes. 
I think he's one of the biggest stories. The right? big, I, I mean, oh, Sam Howell's getting all the attention, but yeah. I, I'm with you. I think Chase Young might be the biggest yeah. story there because this is a well, him and Montez. This is a perfect yeah. year. Yeah, you know, if you don't get it done, like maybe not like um, oh, Deron Payne did last year, but maybe close to it, they're gonna say, "Hey, we can we can use your money to other guys and fill some other needs." So this these this is a huge season for both guys, and I mean. I know it's voluntary, but I was surprised that at least sweat, I mean, not sweat, uh, pain, not not pain, Chase Young. I'm going to say all of them. I'm going to say the whole defensive <laughs> line. I was a little surprised that Chase Young did not at least show up, not even just to practice, but just be around the guys. Yeah. Kind of show, okay, I mean it. This is my fifth year. This is the fourth year. I want to prove to these guys that I'm worthy of getting an extension. Do the same thing with pain. Pain didn't practice with the guys during uh, – OTAs. He was he was at least there, so I was I was a little surprised. But hopefully, I mean, from all accounts, he looked great. Yeah, he he, he's a lot faster than he was last year, obviously. Uh, so it, uh, you know, let's let's hope he has a great year, and then you're going to put a lot of emphasis and a lot of pressure on the front office to make the right deal mm-hmm. to keep if hopefully to keep both guys. If you can keep them with Payne and Allen, that front four is. That's, they, that's good. that's no, scary good yes, if is. they play yeah. all play up to their potential and no injuries. That is a scary front four for opposing quarterbacks to face on a weekly basis. Yep. Uh, obviously, Sam Howell's getting getting all the attention. He's going to go into training camp as the number one. Ron Rivera said that today. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that, AJ. Although Jacoby Brissett still in the picture there, AJ. Don't worry. Did you hear Sam's interview with Matt today? No. What? Yeah, Sam. He's kidding. Sam, no, I'm dead serious. Sam was Not down Hal, there. The, 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 um, oh, with Sam Fortier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, Sam, uh, yeah. Sam Fortier was down there, and he he didn't out him, but he was basically like, yeah, it's it's not going to happen. Like He broke my heart. I, I thought of you. I was listening to that on the, on the way yeah. in. Look, the commanders made him. it known on draft weekend that Sam Howell was going to be the starting quarterback. Everybody thought they were going to get somebody else or get a – Maybe a top tier backup to how mm-hmm. Jacoby Brissett is probably a tier two type yeah, guy. He's a good backup though. But they basically are saying, without saying it verbatim, Sam Howell's our guy. They yeah. didn't draft a quarterback. Yes. They didn't get a top tier. You know, maybe a Jimmy Garoppolo who was rumored to be in DC last year, but yeah, they, that's they, right. But yep. they didn't sign him. They didn't get a guy like him. They said Jacoby. You know, we're gonna. You know, you're gonna be the guy for what you did in Cleveland. They said in the offseason, Sam Howell is going to be the guy based on the moves they did not make this offseason. Howell was a guy, unless he falls completely flat on his face in training camp. And I go back to those two joint practices, or the two days of joint practices, Mm -hmm. they will have against the Ravens. A top-flight defense. He's Mm going to have the live bullets go against him for those two days before before the preseason game at FedEx. We will know a lot more about Sam Howell during those two days of joint practices against the Ravens. See, I told you this was your favorite. Song. <laughs> it was eloquently said, Sean. I'm uh, a realist. I'm a realist. I'm a realist Washington Commanders fan. Well, I'm a delusionalist, and I'm going to Bruce it. I'm tripling down. <laughs> Jacoby <laughs> Brissett will start game one. Kiss of death. Uh, Ain't happening. Ain't nah, happening. I don't think so. Either. Not against the Cardinals. Ain't happening. Yeah, Howell will be the starting yeah. quarterback week one. Now, how far he goes throughout the season, 
that will determine that will be the play of the offensive yes. line. But how's going to be? Yep. Yeah, how's going to be week one start? Yep. I think. Uh, the, uh, we got to get one more yes. break in here, but the other guy I think has been the biggest, the, another biggest focal point is Eric Bieniemy. No question. And, and everybody's been watching how he handles the offense mm-hmm. and when he gets upset and when he pats him on the back and and how he's running that offense, it's which cra- I think is pretty cool. It's crazy how much attention that move made yeah. really by Washington will be on DC. Not about you know the ownership and obviously that the eyes will be on that, but just every little step, every little call he makes. Um, how he talks to the players, how he tries to get them in and out of huddles. Everything is under the microscope with the enemy because of he left Kansas City to come to D.C. There's something else to that. So, I mean, a lot of eyes Mm -hmm. are going to be on him and Rivera, how they work in sync with this move. And and Rivera, you said, I've I've delegated a lot more this offseason to Rivera, I mean, to the enemy and also to Del Rio. So we'll see how that plays as well with him delegating a lot more this offseason. Well, the enemy's taking some of the heat off of Jack Del Rio. Unless he says something stupid again, he's kind of off the hot seat for a while. For now. For, for right now. For right. <laughs> Defense has to play up to, to, to it also. Yep. All right. Uh, final break. Sean and I will come back and wrap it up for the Feel Good Thursday edition of the Sports Huddle on 106.1 ESPN. On 106.1 ESPN is brought to you by Park and Go. Reserve your spot today at bookparkandgo.com. Remember, when flying out of Richmond, just park and go. All right, finishing it up for uh, really has been a feel good Thursday. Hopefully, it has been portrayed that way to the audience. But I know you and I have kind of had fun with all the variety of topics that we've had today. <laughs> finished up with the commanders, and we'll pick up on them tomorrow. Um, either John Kime or Michael Phillips. Will be with us tomorrow afternoon. They're fighting it out. The loser has to come on. Oh, with me. look at that! Yeah, Not the, the winner. No, the loser oh. has to come. That's a consolation prize, believe. <laughs> so anyway, one of them will one of them will join us tomorrow afternoon. Either John Kine from ESPN or Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times Dispatch will join us. <laughs> They've been up there following the Commanders every and, day and all of that. So that that'll be uh, that'll be part of tomorrow's tomorrow's show. So you can tune in. I'll I'll be checking that out. Yeah, I'm sure you will. To see what so. they'll say about the whole. So, situation with quarterback play yeah. and how it's been up and down and all of that stuff. So like, eh, okay, yeah, it's early June. We'll like I said, we'll see exactly. How it goes. Like we got all the reports today. Sam Howell threw three touchdown passes, threw two interceptions. Yeah, like, you know, okay. it's June the whatever, June the eighth. Yeah, it's like okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, my eyes will be focused on those two joint, not two. It might be multiple joint joint practices, but those joint practices mm-hmm. with the Ravens. You're going to see their number ones. They'll show you some things that they probably won't do during the game. Right. Um, I will be interested to see how he fares against with that. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm with you on that one. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be good. Um, so that'll be on tomorrow's show, and we'll also we'll be able to recap uh, game one between Virginia and Duke because, as we pointed out, that's a noon game. Yep. On ESPN two, so we'll have that. Uh, Nationals rained out. Uh, not rained out. Uh, air quality out. Uh, tonight of their game with Arizona. It looks like everything else is going. Uh, the Yankees doubleheaders being played. The Phillies are scheduled to start here in a little bit at home. So hopefully those games go off again. As we mentioned, unfortunately for the Special Olympics, um, obviously they're going to err on the side of caution mm-hmm. um, with all those you know Special Olympian athletes who are out there. So Friday's been moved indoors to the Robbins Center for their opening ceremonies at 7 o'clock. Hopefully the weather will be better by Saturday. The air will be better by Saturday to get outside for the track and field and softball and and, and those kind of events um, with our friends at the 
at the Special Olympics, and you'll be crisscrossing the area with all these high school games, right? Yeah, we got three in our area on Friday. We've got uh, Douglas Freeman and Midlothian Boys Lacrosse State Semifinals. That's going to be at Glen Allen at 10 a.m. Then Cosby will have girls soccer and boys lacrosse at their campus at 12 o'clock. Boys lacrosse semifinal, state semifinal mm-hmm. against Battlefield. Girls soccer 2 p.m. also against Battlefield. And then in uh, Spotsylvania, the Hanover boy, uh, softball and baseball teams, they're playing in the state semifinals. Up north, we've got uh, Mills Godwin baseball, deep run girls soccer, and there are, I think, two more other teams, I believe, are playing um, that will be playing this weekend. And also with with lacrosse, because Douglas Freeman, Mills Godwin, I'm sorry, Douglas Freeman, Midlothian winner, they'll play Saturday up in Northern Virginia as well as Cosby's uh, winners. As like well. you said earlier, the 804 will be well represented. Yes, they will. They'll yeah. be guaranteed at least a couple teams that will be playing at least in a state championship uh, again uh, uh, this weekend because they'll be going up against each other in the state semifinals. So we're guaranteed at least two that will be in the finals. Seems like we get that every year. Yes. Yeah, don't want to take it for granted. This is true. That's this for is sure. True. And for Hanover, they were the A seed. I'm sorry, now we're getting ready to go. They were the right. A seed in their Region 4B starting the postseason, and they've made it all the way to the state semifinals. And they lost a lot of talent. Uh, Russ Huseman's son yep, is down at Coastal, Coastal, Coastal yeah. Carolina, and I believe the catcher is at NC State, who had a grand slam last year in the States. And they're back in the state semifinals playing the team that they beat in the finals last year, James Wood. Wow. So, yeah, a lot of talent lost, and yet they got back to the state semifinals as the eighth seed in the regional. Did not have a home like game. Like the Miami Heat. Yeah, did not have a home game until this week in the state quarterfinals, and they're in the state semifinals again going for another championship. You got it covered. You you guys over there at Channel 6, you you got it <laughs> Look, rolling. somebody's got to do it right in this You're area. Right. Right? Well, we so know if, who it is. So, it's Sean and Lane. So it'll be us. It will be you. <laughs> and we'll tune in to get all the yes. results and the highlights. All right. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Sean Robertson from CBS 6. AJ, great job over there on the other side of the glass. Chris Edwards, play-by-play voice of Duke, uh, was on the show with us this afternoon. That starts tomorrow, the Super Regional in Charlottesville. We'll talk about it all tomorrow afternoon on the Sports Auto. We'll talk Commanders as well when we greet you at four o'clock <laughs> with the sports auto tomorrow right here on 1061 espn stay healthy out there if you want to buy sell or trade